This is the Grind, Sell, and Elevate podcast by Tizer Evans, where we do a deep dive on how to stay driven, how to be a top-tier salesperson, and how to elevate the quality of your life. Thanks for tuning in today to Grind, Sell, and Elevate. My name is Tizer Evans. Today, I'll be talking to Ian Agard, who's a senior account executive at Cello. He's also the co-founder at Grind. We'll be talking about both of his businesses, what he does in his day-to-day, and how he uses sales. This will be a very heavy sales um, conversation, and then also why he saw a need to create grind based off of the problems he was finding in his niche. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Ian. And if you guys haven't done so, please subscribe to the podcast, drop me a five-star review, tag me in social media, at Tizer Evans, let me know that you're listening, let me know it's making an impact. And if you guys want to work with me one-on-one for sales coaching, head over to my website, TizerEvans.com, hit the consulting tab, fill out the form, and let's get it rocking. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Ian. All right, I've got Ian Agard with me on Grind, Sell, and Elevate. Ian, how are you? I'm good, Tizer. Um, thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited to be part of your community and how talk to your community, your audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you. So now you've got a couple things. Uh, you're in sales by day. Uh, you're also a podcast host and you're also a co-founder of a new um, kind of a sales platform that has a specific niche, which I want to talk about. Seems really cool. So you got a lot going on, man. You, <laughs> are, you, are, are you married? I am. I'm married uh, <laughs> and I have a daughter. Um, but yeah, I just... Uh, Make it happen somehow. <laughs> right? Staying busy. And uh, your background super cool. Just for context purposes, you, um, you know, Ian's out of Toronto, Canada. Um, yeah, I've never been to Toronto, but I know a lot of people there, uh, interestingly enough. Ian, why don't you give everybody uh, a little bit of a background on who you are and kind of what you've done? Yeah, thank you. So currently I work um, by day in tech sales. I'm a senior account executive at a company called Clio, Legal Tech Sales. I uh, love it. been there for about two and a half years. Um, I also just, like I said, recently started a new company called um, Grind. It's an online platform for SaaS sales professionals who want to grow and, and to improve in its membership. And um, before that, I actually had a career in, in acting and in entertainment. So I worked in the entertainment industry for about 10 years and it was fun. But at some point, I kind of like realized that I want to have a family and have a stable income and want to sell. So that kind of led me there and I've been loving it ever since. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Now, one of the first questions I wanted to ask you, um, my a previous life, I worked at a company and I worked with a, uh, a childhood actor, right? Cause I was in, I was in Southern California. So, cool. uh, you know, you, you run into people that have been in that, that industry a little bit. Um, yeah. and so she was super successful, like right away, had no sales experience. She'd only really been an actor. I was in her mid twenties. And so I was, I, it kind of threw me for a loop. And so I wanted to ask you, has acting or your skill set, you know, from having been an actor helped you in sales? Oh, definitely. hundred um, percent. And the reason why is first thing that comes to my mind is that as an actor, as most actors, until you become like this movie star, you go into auditions a lot. Right. And it's all about persistence and rejection and just on to the next one. Right. And just letting it slide off your back, so to speak. And as you know, in sales, especially the very beginning of our careers, it's a lot of cold calling, a lot of just, grinding and a lot of rejection and it's the same thing right can you withstand that and stay positive and go to the next call the next meeting so i think that's what led me to have that um i think there's an element of just being able to engage with people 
and and have this connection and not being afraid to have conversation with total strangers. And the same thing happens in acting. You go in a room of people, a director or a casting director, to know who they are, and they say like cry on demand or all of a sudden and on a, on a hat, drop of a hat, have all these emotions in front of tra- strangers. Same, same things apply with sales, yeah. Yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. I was wondering how, uh, you know, what skill set would make you successful. This is after watching uh, my friend, her name is Kayla. I said, she, she crushed it right away. And I was like, yeah, I bet, you know, because you're used to performing, talking to people. Yeah. So that kind of that, that stage fright or when people get call reluctancy, it might not be as prevalent because of the, the mindset of rejection uh, that you've had to overcome, is, you know, going to auditions and not getting them, but then getting some, right? It's, it's kind of like a law of numbers, I would assume, kind of like sales. Yeah, I think also when I think about it, I, and I think it's to some level, sales on any level, is a, some part of there's a bit influence happening there, right? Um, I wouldn't say, you know, coercing buddy, but leading them to a position, right, with some value. And I think in acting it's the same way, right? You have to, you have to, um, you have to present yourself confidently and and, and convincingly in a in a role, right? And people can see it that uh, this person doesn't have this person's, but if you had that that kind of conviction inside your heart, whether in that, on the stage or on the screen or just pitching a client or a demo, people can sense the authenticity and they'll they'll connect with that. Yeah. 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 No, great point. Speaking of rejection, mm. right? I'm sure you dealt with that a little bit. Uh, is there anything that you do to uh, prepare your mind or to get over it quickly? Yeah, that's a great question. And people, the things like, okay, it's you know, don't take it personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we all take it personal. I don't think sure. it's. It's just impossible. To answer your question, what I do is is I I do know that, and this is also everybody's different, but I know the product that I'm selling is a value, right? I know it works. I had success in the past, so the reality is that hey, it's not for them. Next person, right? Just this next. It's simplicity, but just next, because you know it's all about timing and the right person, and when you connect with it, and then there's the magic, right? But I don't know there's ever a real way to get around rejection, but I think. The ones that succeed, selling any part of life, they have to embrace that and build that tough skin and know that this is part of the game, part of the grind, part of the process. And those who can withstand that get the rewards at the end of that cycle of, of um, whatever it is that you know, you're going through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is interesting. You, you got to build a thick skin. And I've been told to fuck off and, you know, uh, a lot. And as much as I tell my guys, like, come on, dude, just shake it off. I don't take it personal. Every time someone tells me to fuck off, I take it personal. Yeah, it's just like, come on. Dude. I was calling you. I was having a good day. I'm calling to bring you some value. And you just tell me to fuck off, man. It's not cool. Um, you know, but, but yeah, I just usually take a, you can take a, a lap around the office and then come back. <laughs> also, I think too, is that, you know, my wife talks about all the time, like, I don't know how you do it. And the reality is, you know, I think people that can succeed in sales, we're, we're not like magical, but we're cut from a different cloth. Not everybody in the public, not everybody in the world can do it. So I think there's a sense of like, this is what we do, and um, and we have to honor that. And it, there's ups and downs, but this is this is it. And we can grind it out. We can earn some income, and be our own bosses, and and write our own paycheck. But part of the process of writing our own paycheck is going through that that tough tough those tough moments. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a great analogy. Anybody who's in sales, you got to realize that. Yeah, I mean, you are an entrepreneur. Right. I 100%, mean, yeah. Like I said, you're in control of your own paycheck. Now, does that kind of that kind of help you? I mean, I guess acting, you're an entrepreneur as well. Right? I mean, yeah. in a lot of ways, right? You're you're making your own paycheck. So is that what going 
launching grind and i want you to talk about that exactly what that is and why you developed that and why that was founded but that kind of give you the courage of dealing with the rejection through sales and acting to go out hey fuck it, i'm gonna start my own company yeah I, I mean i think like i said i've always had that like if anybody in sales you anybody in sales if they're good and they're honest with themselves they're like you know i want to be my own boss to some degree in control get paid based on my performance not just based on my time but the value I add right to the company right. or whatever it is yeah so i think when it comes to that how i got into grind was interesting so um i'm a company not current at clio i've been growing in the company and i've been doing a lot of workshops with other reps in the company and people look up to me and they ask me for advice or little workshops and at some point i was like you know at some point usually there's a conversation of next step is become a manager you know and i didn't want to go down that route that wasn't my passion but i still knew i wanted to be able to help people and because I knew how I struggled and in, in having that clarity of like, oh, if I say this, I do that or have this mindset, things change. So I was on a, some website and the, the gentleman said the easiest way to start a business is, a, is to create an online course mm -hmm. or one of the easiest ways. I'm like, okay, great. So I know what I know. I know sales. And so I created an online course about sales and started selling. I was like, great. And then the next thing the person said was you should create a community, like an, a membership. And then I was like, okay, great. So I just took that concept of the online course and the membership and framed it under a, a community called Grind. And that's how it came about. And as far as the, the fear, there's always the fear, but I believe that, you know, I think Will Smith has a saying, like everything you want is on the other side of fear. Mm -hmm. So I think those who get what they want in life embrace the fear and keep going. So that's what it's about really, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think you're 100% right. So it is Grind, is, does it service just basically the SaaS community? You saw a need there in that niche. And so that is kind of why that was created. Yeah, so how it works is this, right? Since since my, my two years, I started off in, um, in SaaS as a BDR, which is kind of like an outbound rep. And I, I sucked. I was really bad. I, I thought I was going to get fired for the first few months. I didn't get any deals, no sales, nothing. And... And then just through just studying and making choice changes as far as goal setting and reading, I started having success. And then I kind of grew and I got promoted to um, kind of executive and senior kind of executive. So over that years, my income grew and grew to point my that's like, wow, there's a path here. I see there's, there's stages here. And I go, if I could teach people how to go through these stages quicker than I did, why not? So sure. the membership was set, set up in five stages. And the first stage is like a person who's like brand new, like have no clue what SaaS is or they just got a job as an SDR. And it kind of takes you through um, monthly, sorry, every week you get a content sent to you based on the stage you're in. And if you started, if you're in stage five, which means that you're, an SD, you're like a account executive, you just join Grind. And the whole goal is to get people to earn six figures a year in their SaaS profession. That's the whole goal of Grind. So if you're not making that amount of money, if you want to have that opportunity, then this grind set up to help you get to six figures consistently every year. And that's obviously where success is um, in sales. So that's how it's set up. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, it totally does. That's a cool platform. I'm sure there's a lot of people. I mean, that's such a big industry now. Mm -hmm. um, that's great that you targeted that niche. And everybody listening, uh, I was going to say anybody listening. I was like, oops, <laughs> I fucking hope somebody's listening, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> Uh, but no, you know, for the people listening, I think it's, it's, it's important to recognize that you don't have to construct something, right. That's like this massive, like a Facebook, um, or an Amazon, like you, you can, you, I, what I love that you did is you identified a problem and then you just came up with a, a solution based on your knowledge, your industry, your niche. I think that's beautiful, man. 
Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of, I mean, I'm big into like entrepreneurship and I think it recurs again that some of the best products are just scratch your own itch. Um, I think classic example is um, Netflix. The guy that, that sent Netflix, he hated blockbuster late fees. It's like, this sucks. There has to be a better way of doing it. Find a better way, and, and you know everybody's happier for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's done okay. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, just scratch your own itch, and I think that's the best way to do it, from my experience and what I know. Yeah. So, so in your day-to-day role with uh, Clio, correct? Yeah. 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 So now you're, you said you, you said you're targeting, uh, I think, cloud-based services to, to attorneys. Yeah. Right. So now I'm assuming that it, it can be challenging at times for you to get an attorney on the phone. Oh yeah, I think from what I know, they seem the most busiest professionals out there. It's like, <laughs> um, but yeah, how it works in Clio is that I'm a kind of executive, so in ninety percent of the deals I close um, come from inbound marketing leads, right? Eighty percent, ninety percent. The other twenty percent, ten percent, my illness to go through outbound and just find business, right? So that's what we're doing the cold call, your LinkedIn profile um, selling, and uh, it's not easy. But I feel like I've learned over the years to be quick be concise and to the point mm-hmm. and people respect that. Yeah. So that's what I've learned when you, when I'm with my cool calling. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, you get on the intro call, you know, I always, let me ask you this, and this is like super random, but yeah. I, I always hear two different versions of this. Um, you get on an intro call. It's the first time talking to somebody and I'm going to say, Hey Ian. And then the next thing, a lot of sales reps do, how are you doing? <laughs> And I'm always like, I'm in the firm believer of, I'm like, hey, Ian, my name is Ty. I'm calling with XYZ. Boom, boom, boom. Right. Like, I just get straight to the fucking point. I'm not, I'm not like, like, I don't care how you're doing and you know, I don't care. So yeah. is that, is that kind of how you position with like the speed and the transparency of how you make an intro call? Yeah. I, I don't see how you're doing. Cause like I said, it's that screams cold call or, you know, telemarketing, whatever you want to call it. No, I'm in it. I mean, this is, I have a little bit of a script, but I'm just off sure. the top of my head. So, calling you blah 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 you pick up the phone and i'm like he's like ty you're like um hi tyler this is e nigger calling from cleo you're like yeah and like um reason for my call today is that da, 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 da. um you have a quick 30 seconds to chat mm. you know so i always kind of like i pause i give smart and pause so they can digest like okay, who's calling why they're calling they want to continue this conversation if that makes any sense yeah no it's great yeah. uh, and i love what you did there too that a lot of people don't do but uh, what i call is like a reasonable ask right you know so hey can i have 30 seconds like that's super reasonable for somebody to say yes if someone says they're not going to give you 30 seconds you're like kind of a dick <laughs> uh, you know uh and how does that work out for you because i do the same thing oh yeah yeah that's that's a game changer i, I actually think that people respect it like they respect that. Hey, you, you're interrupting, you're interrupting my day. We both know your son's trying to influence you on something, but hey, you have the decency to say, Hey, is this a good, basically saying, is this a good time? Are you doing something? Are you like, you know, and like, yeah, I know I'll give you 30 seconds. And I think people respect that. And I think also I've realized that in, for, at least for lawyers, attorneys are, they're basic people too. They have to run business too. So they know mm-hmm. how, how it is to reach out there and get business. So I think they can respect that. Um, hey, they expect that, okay, I'm trying to earn a living here. I can add value to you. Give me 30 seconds. And now 30 seconds, you have the opportunity to at least see if there's a fit or there's value to kind of continue the conversation down the road. Yeah, yeah. I, I, for me, I often found that that 30 seconds uh, turns into 10, 15, 20 minutes. Oh, always does. Right? Always does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Never, never person is like, 
That's three seconds. Goodbye. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I heard Jeb Blunt talking about how it, he'd get a, a founder on the phone and he'd say, hey, let me come in. Just give me five minutes. That's all I need. And I'll actually even bring a stop clock. Oh, right. So he would go into appointment and he would put the stop clock on someone's desk and he would hit the time. And then he, he would go and then, you know, but he, so he went into it and he was like, yeah, always into like a 30, 45 minute conversation, but it blew people's mind that he actually followed through with like, no, I'm going to respect your time. I'm going to start with the five minutes and then we're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And I think it just gives people the, and also it gives people control. Like I think I was listening to your, your interview with um, Naraj and you hate how people just get on the phone and, and just dump in. You're like, whoa, who is this? So I think when you give the person the ass, they feel like they're in control. Like, yeah, I can end this or I can let it go. I'm in control. And they respect that and they give you the time to at least, you know, offer, talk about what they have to offer. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. You let people think that they're in control and you're asking great questions to kind of steer the conversation, right, to get what you need. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things I want to talk to you about. Yeah. Do you have any particular great, you know, what I like to dub them as power questions that you ask to spur conversation or keep the conversation going? Yeah, this is great, man. We could talk all day about this. Um, I really think that questionings, asking good questions, um, is the power to getting the the pain or the the value or, or at least the knowledge to, to steer your 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 um your value i try to i try to use open-ended questions so i always use either a what or a how mm. you know what are you using right now how's it making you feel because open-ended questions i find um a lot of people to pause and think and really go deep in, in, in asking questions if you say like you know um you know do you do this that's a close-ended question right yes no i do do you do you sell to uh, insurance brokers? Yes. No. And that's a conversation. But if I say, like, what's the biggest challenge for you right now, Tizer, as a, as a as a podcaster, whatever? Yeah. F- finding great guests like you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. But I always think that. So as far as, like, um, really power questions, I was from the what and the how. But I, this is one thing that my manager back in there taught me, and it's been very valuable to me. In discovery, right, it's, I always say this. She always says, if you ever don't know what to say, just tell me, so always say this, tell me more about that. Mm. She might say like, okay, how is your light in your house? It's terrible. Oh, it's terrible. Tell me more about that. Just let them speak. Like, the bulb is blah, 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 the bulbs. Oh, you said the bulb doesn't blink? Tell me more about that. Just tell me more about that. And just that just lets them keep talking and it's been valuable. Or they might say like, what are you using right now to scrub your floor? I'm using the um, XYZ cleaner. Oh, XYZ cleaner. What's working? What's not working? Tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. Just let them speak. So that's been my value there. Yeah. What's the uh, biggest obstacle you have to overcome when you're out there trying to gain new business? Mm, talking about outbound calling, talking about, right? Just kind of prospecting. So like Yeah, that. prospecting. The biggest, I think the biggest challenge is, that's a good question. Hmm. I think the biggest challenge is really getting people to understand, like committing, getting time commitment. So I think people will be like, yeah, yeah, this is a problem for me, but you know, I just, I'm kind of busy right now and da, da, da. Yeah. I'll come next week or something like that. It's all about getting that time. Right. So mm-hmm. I think it's all about not convincing them, but letting them see that if you let this thing persist, what's, what's, what's the consequence of that? Hmm. So a lot of people, like anybody, a lot of people know that, hey, they have a problem with their, their whatever. 
it is a solution. But sometimes they just don't have the time or they just feel comfortable knowing that, okay, it doesn't really work that well, but I'll keep using it anyway. So just getting that time, I think, commitment, time, commitment. Oh, for sure. You know, what's that, that, that saying that uh, it, it's, it's better to deal with the devil that you know than the one that you don't, you know, or something like that. Yeah, I, I butchered that. But, you know, it's kind of like they haven't experienced an, enough pain to force them to change, but you know it's not going well, right? So then you try to get in there and have that competitive displacement. So is there a, is there a way that you're able to, or through questioning or uh, <clears throat> a follow-up technique to secure the time when you get that, that kind of that brush off, like, yeah, no, that sounds great. I'm real busy right now. Can you just call me back next week? Because we hear that a lot too, right? <clears throat> so they're like, how do you Okay, great. I can do that, but you know they're not going to pick up. <laughs> so, right? yeah. so how, how do we how do we make that transition? Yeah, definitely. What I do is I always acknowledge the <clears throat> whatever they say. I'm like, hey, totally, I can totally understand that. That I, I feel I can see why you feel that way, right? And what I try to do is just tie it back to something they said. And you, by the way, you did mention that I'm just popping my head that you know your buildings taking you five hours every day, right? Um, and you know what? All I want is 30, 50 minutes every time where I can show you the new, our new this, our new that. If it makes sense, we can go for it. If it doesn't make sense, you can part as friends. So I acknowledge it. I tie it back to something they mentioned in that few few seconds we talked and just ask, I always ask for 15 minutes, just 15 minutes, right? And, um, and a lot of people say no, but the ones who say, okay, I got 15 minutes. Oh, no, sorry. I also, I also frame it. I, I make it easy for them. I go, hey, you know what? Is it make sense to make, talk for 15 minutes on Thursday or Friday? Like I make it super simple for them to say yes. I don't think about the time. I, I just give them, you don't have to think about their calendar at one o'clock. Sure, you know? So if that makes any sense, um, really ask and push them for that 15 minute call and really making it easier for them to say yes by picking the days, yeah. Yeah, no, I, no, I love that. Um, now talk to us about your podcast. So what, what's your, what is the name of your podcast again? It's called the top 20%. Top 20%. Um, yeah, like the reason that. I named it that is because when I first came into sales, I was like, okay, I want to get promoted. When you get promoted, I searched something that said that if you're in the top 20% of your company um, on your team, it's going to be number one, but in the top 20%, then you'll be chances of getting promoted are, are pretty high. I was like, okay, I like that. You know, it's be number one all the time, but top 20%. At 100 reps, you're 20 top. Yeah, well, out of 10 reps, you're top two. Makes sense. Um, so it's about it for growing for about a year. It's all about SaaS sales. And I have interviews with people. I share my, my, my experiences every single day. And I just share the things I've learned from cold calling to how to demo properly. I'm big on mindset. I'm big on reading every day and sharing what I've learned and applying it and then talking about it. And um, also have thought leaders on it too. So yeah, that's all. Awesome. Uh, what, what some of your, I was going to ask you towards the end because my, my question I always end with, but we can do it okay. in the middle. We can do it in the middle. Oh. Uh, what yeah. are some of your, your favorite books or something you're reading right now? Oh, yeah. So this book, I forget the author, but the book's called Change Your Habits, Change Your Life. Mm. Um, that's a book I like. Um, <clears throat> another book that I read, actually, I want to just go in a second. Let me get my books out. My, uh, yeah, no problem. My list of, uh, of books that I usually read. And uh, everyone works in sales, um, an arrage, uh, like this book. Um, hmm, what's another good book? Uh, power, power, power phone scripts. Power phone scripts. Um, that book, probably the book I read the most. Like reread, like like once a month on I put on audio, audio, audio book, audio book. 
That's um, good. I have that down. So I do a book club with my team. Yeah. Uh, and I have that as our March book. Yeah. Powerful scripts. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's awesome. It's, do, do your reps do a lot of like um, inside sales? How does it work? Is it outside sales or? It's uh, pretty much all outbound for us. Yeah. 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 You'll like that. There's scripts, there's rebuttal scripts, there's how to be a top performer. There's like mindset stuff. It's probably one of my favorite books. Yeah, definitely you'll enjoy it. Um, I think reps would like it too. Cool, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited because that's a, we're, we're a little bit different. We have like literally zero inbound. Oh. I mean, we're all hunters uh, wow. on our side to go out and, you know, we're solidifying re- long-term relationships. And so yeah. it's, you know, getting to know people. So once you get established, then, you know, then it's, it's, it's a, it's a great gig uh, yeah. for first six months to a year, real bitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just going out, you know, and, and get, get, you know, got it, your, your, uh, your problem is scarcity. So we're uh, obs- obscurity. And so we're trying to get the people known. So, but it's all over the phone because we've got such a big territory. I'm sure like you do as well, right? So it's like the easiest way to connect with people. Yeah, my first uh, into SaaS sales was uh, BDR, which is all about. So I'm on the phone every day, 100 calls a day, 80 calls a day. Um, so I know that I know that world, but um, you cut your teeth at it, you learn a lot, and it's mm-hmm. it's like basic training for 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 sales, and it's a good way to start, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent. And speaking of you know mindset, right? You got to have some type of mindset training, and I do sales training every morning with my team. Yeah. Like this morning, we did uh, twenty five minutes of listening to Tony Robbins. Um, sometimes we do Grant Cardone, sometimes we do Darren Hardy. Like we kind of mix it up a bit. Is there anybody that you follow that, or any books or podcasts that really help you? or have helped you develop a mindset um, to be able to overcome the adversity that you, that you face every day as a salesperson? Um, yeah, I, I think there's, there's this gentleman, I want to say I know his name. It's called, uh, what's it called? Uh, give me a second to think this guy's name. Game, the game, one second, I think it's guys. Let me just Google it. The Game Changer. Change your life. This gentleman here I listen to all the time. Um, Dave Anderson, the game changer life. Okay. Um, loves podcasts. He's um, kind of like a. He does more like coaching for like sports teams. Like goes in there mm-hmm. and like helps sports teams. Kind of like a, you know, a motivational speaker and mindset and lots of that. But I, I listen to his podcast every day, and um, that's been a game game changer for me. Because yeah, it's been helpful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Kind of like a Tim a Tim Grover, yeah, Tim Grover, exactly. Tim Grover. He has a bit of sales too. He just talks to sales teams and like sure. training for like, um, kind of like car salesmen, like dealerships. Goes mm-hmm. in there and tells talks reps. But yeah, it, I, I agree that your mindset's so important. I think that's probably the biggest thing. That I think from my experience, I don't think a lot of reps that are struggling realize. They think it's all about like you know if I work harder, which is very important. Or it's my skill set. It's very important, but the foundation is your mindset. Mm-hmm. And if the mindset's not right. Um, all the skill sets in the world would just crumble upon how positive you are, or how you feel about yourself, and th- th- what you can add to your to the value add to the world, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I think Naraj and I had maybe talked about that. Uh, that you have some salespeople, right? You can have like salesperson A and salesperson B. You give them a script. You you call a prospect, and you have wildly different results. Oh yeah, it's like how you look at. It. I mean, you could. This is one rep by I, at my company, and he's like the, the. He is amazing, and the one thing I respect about him is that he always celebrates the small wins. 
if anything happens, he always focuses on what the, what the, what the positive. He'll obviously look at the, the 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 learning process, but he always focuses on like that was a small win. They said call back next week. Or they said this, and I think in human nature we're kind of you know geared towards the negativity, like you know like, what mm-hmm. what went bad, what went wrong. And I think if you have that the right mindset where you're always looking to looking at things as learning, um, looking at things as how did I win or or is it you know, and I think over time you're right that's how the one rep will look at it as like that was a bad call or it was like okay what's happened well, I can improve here you know yeah definitely but it's all mindset yeah yeah it's definitely a mindset right because you I think that the uh, the biggest differentiator is going to be confidence mm. right so it's confidence and energy like mm-hmm. if you can convey your energy over the phone or zoom or definitely in person then and match where that person's at some people they're not going to be like you know i'm a pretty high strung person um right so sometimes especially in the south i gotta tone it down a bit <laughs> you know <laughs> like, who's this dude uh, you know and i don't think that people always quantify that in their mind that there's a subconscious disconnect yeah you can say the right things have the right answers but unless you're meeting the person with where they're at when it comes to energy and you have confidence in what you're saying like it's very hard to do business with somebody who's kind of meek and timid with their conviction and what they're selling. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're right. And it's it's something like I said. I'm glad that you you work with your team, Tony Robbins, um, Darren Hardy. That's, Darren Hardy's the one that has the book, um, Compound Effect. Is that the guy? Yep, exactly. Yeah, great guy. I love that book. Um, so yeah, I think anything like I think the the real thing is this, right? Is this? And you're, I'm glad you're doing it with your team. Is that I'm talking about the average salesperson, the average person. Wakes up, goes to work, clicks computer on, and just sees what happens. Okay, and then goes home and does it again. I think to really start leveling up, you need to start starting your day with Tony Robbins, books, podcasts, anything that's going to add positivity to your to your mind. Um, it's kind of like just fuel energy for your for your for your soul for your character and then you take that on the phone right so definitely glad yeah. that you're doing that yeah yeah no i found something for me as when i was in a, a rep position it was just like i looked at like every day like i'm going into battle and, and so it's like i get up and i have and i've talked about it on here um individual podcasts and and talking to other people but i have a very disciplined morning routine and it is all very intentional one for my own well-being of course most importantly but when I, when I step through here and I start work at eight, I want to feel like I'm ready to go into fucking battle and it doesn't matter what obstacles are going to be thrown at me. So, you know, I, I get up, I can do my meditation, do some breath work, right. Do my affirmations, you know, hit the gym, you know, all this stuff I, and I read journal. So by the time it's eight, like I've done, I've accomplished more than most people will accomplish in their entire day. Right. And, and so I'm, I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling good. I've learned stuff already feeling good about my body. So it puts me into a different type of zone. Mm. And I don't know if you ever played any sports. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, and I did. And so that's, I always go back to that. Like you get in the zone. My sport was basketball. Yeah. Um, right. And so I'm just like, you get in that zone and, and you, you know, I've, you've hit a couple threes in a row or I've had a nice dish and it's just like, you get that feeling, you know? And, and so I want to have that feeling when I get on the phone so I can start to dominate people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I like that. I like that morning morning routines pop. Um, just a little side note: you say you follow basketball. Do you follow the NBA much? Like, you a Mavericks fan, or were you a LA guy, or what's going on? Dubs. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. I see yeah. Steph Curry just dropped like a sixty something or something like that. He was like tearing it up. Yeah. Yeah, he came back. I mean, bump Clay's still out, but they got they got an interesting young squad. Um, it's nice to see him more. In a, well, he's always been a leader, obviously, but uh, now he's a true like vet. 
leadership role. Yeah, he's he's been he's been fired. They're gonna have a rocky year. Um, still, I think they might be able to s- s- maybe squeak in an eighth seed, but it's it's gonna be another two or three years of rebuilding for sure. Definitely, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, and I don't want to talk about the the, the finals. <laughs> Between you guys, when I'm gonna, I'm gonna completely ignore where where you're headed with that. It's all good. It's all uh, good. It's all yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I grew up in the Bay Area. You know, it was you got uh, Warriors or the Kings, and um, so I went through 30 years of losing before we uh, acquired our super team. Which I, I got to go on a rant about this real fast, Ian, because it's really and it's all the Laker fans out there, and you guys really pissed me off talking all this <laughs> shit about us buying a fucking super team when it was the only person we bought was Durant, and then you guys go out and buy, literally buy a super team, and you guys are NBA champs, and no one's talking shit anymore. Unbelievable, <laughs> Laker fans. Unbelievable. All right. Well, back to uh, back to sales. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, no, I want I want to talk to you a little bit about follow up. So you know, yeah. do you have like a cadence that you follow when it comes to hey, initial convo? Yeah, call me back. We set an appointment. You're still getting in the sales process. You know, what's enough or what's not enough uh, in your opinion when it comes to follow up? Great question. Um, this is why I look at follow up is this right. If you have the karma, this is this is not like a cold call coming back later kind of thing. This is when you have some kind of connection, mm-hmm. discovery. They've heard your value. They've acknowledged that this value could make their lives better. You've either showed that value through a demonstration or how it works, right? That yeah. And they said, yeah, we, we think this could help us in some way, make our lives better, make it easier. And then you follow up. I always try to make sure the follow up is scheduled on the call. Like, okay, pull your calendar out. Let's, you know, book a time, you know, someone chasing them. But... And after follow up, I follow up continually until they say they tell you bio. They they say no. Like I will not ever ever stop. Reason why is the biggest deals I've ever gotten in my career, at Clio, have all been through people that ghosted me, went dark, and I kept calling, emailing, calling, emailing. I remember my my first big deal at Clio. I the person had the demo. We love it. Da da da. Call us back. We they they went dark for five months. <laughs> Email and calling. And then five minutes later, I get an email. Ian, we're finally ready to buy Clio. We're going to set an appointment to, to buy. I was like, just imagine if I'd give up after two weeks or two months, five months later. So my point is that once they've established, they said your words, there's value there. I will not stop until they buy or they clearly say, Ian, no, I'm sorry. We can't because of budget or we went with our product. Okay, no problem. But that's why I follow up. Yeah. yeah I love that, man. Yeah. And that, that feels so good too, doesn't it? Oh, it's... It, it, that's when you know it, it was it wasn't just the product it was you you know mm-hmm. and sometimes you go on these discoveries like oh, we love it we'll buy it right now like anybody could have sold that right i mean but when you were, did it because of grit and determination and character it definitely feels great yeah yeah um now if if they say they say like you do the follow-up for six months and they're like ian you know what <laughs> we're just not interested right now um no yeah so how how do you take that what do you do with it yeah, uh, and some assets will get better at. This is my personal opinion. If I can honestly see that, the, like, I'm not going to force something that's not there. If it's not a fit, then I can respect that. I mean, hey, sure. I, if there's a fit, if I can honestly say that this is going to make your life easier, but they're saying no because of whatever reason, it could be budget, it could be just timing, they're not just, they had a, a baby or things happen, right? COVID, mm-hmm. also follow up, also add value, not so persistently, an email here, thinking about you here, add some value with the article, but um, 
you have to know the con you have to know some people you know okay it's not a fit why 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 waste your time tracing this person but if they if you know then just keep following up just change the change 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 the situation change the the what you're bringing to them but yeah i'll still follow up yeah yeah, no, I like that. I think that that's exactly how I wanted you to answer that question. I teed you up, but no, because it's important, okay. you know. Because people, people like are like, hey, no, I don't, I, no, it's, it's too much. I'm not going to go with it. And then they, they, it's a dead lead, right? And I'm like, no, man, like that's when you hit in, maybe in three months, you circle back around because a no to me is not a no forever. It's just a no right now. Unless to your point, you made a great, you know, point that if they just they generally are not a good fit for the product, then cut it loose, get it out of your pipeline, right? Clean, audit your pipeline, get it out, bring in fresh blood. But if you know they're a good fit, yes, absolutely. Follow up and, until like, until you fucking sell it. Yeah, I think I think sometimes, I, I too, when you're new in sales, sometimes you think like sales is about pushing and being salesy and, and convincing people. Um, I think once you get growing your sales ability and, and your product too, and, and how you are in that space, you have to know that this is gonna make the life easier, right? And that's why it's almost your duty, you know, to say, hey, no, 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 hey, man, this is this is gonna make your life easier. You, you know, and that's the whole rule of, of, of I wouldn't say convince people, but I always say like my rule is I, to help people buy. That's my rule to help you help you buy, and you know, do whatever it takes to make sure you have a clarity as far as like, come on, like you know, sometimes you have to push them, like, come on, you know, why are you being hesitant about that, right? Why? And then you know, they give it a shot, but yeah, it's all about help people buy, yeah, and um, you know, making their life easier. Do you uh, get into that asking what I like to call asking hard questions? Is that something that's helpful for you or a tactic that you use? Because I think it's important to, you, hey, you got to bang with the hard question. Yeah, I think it, it depends. Because um, mm -hmm. I'll, be, I'll be straight. Sometimes you're having a good month and you feel like you just you have this mojo. And it's like, you just throw it up. You don't care. Like you, you, You're like this. I'll, I don't care if I, don't, I get the sale or not. Because you're feeling great about yourself, right? Right. And I think when I have that flow and that confidence, that mojo, I'll, I'll start asking those questions. Um, but there's some times where you know you should ask it, but you're like, oh, I should ask that question. So, uh, I'm yeah, I have times when I do it. Sometimes when I, I, sh I don't do it because I get, I get scared. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, no. I appreciate the honesty. That's just what it's about. It's keeping it real. Yeah, I mean, uh, I could definitely see that you you feel like having a bad sales month. If I ask, if I push them too hard or ask a question, might piss them off. Then I fucking won't get any deals, right? So it's trying to nurture it in a different way. I can appreciate that. Um, the last question for you, Ian, is: Do you have any success habits that you'd recommend to salespeople, or ones that just personally that have helped you just uh, through life? Definitely, definitely. Um, I would say three. This is three that has just skyrocketed my career. Um, one is read every day um on on sales not like harry potter right like you can do that on your own time <laughs> or like whatever like you know like tom clancy nothing wrong with that but like positive like you know tom hardy um any anything any sales books that you know go on amazon the books that you probably you recommend to your your your, your um your team right um read every day and not just read it but apply what you read I think some people want like this big like epiphany, and sometimes it's gonna be one little tactic you learn get from a book. You apply it, okay, you get one percent better. So read and apply every day. Two is time blocking um, for my outbound. I think that to me is just like that takes you next level. If you time block, you put it in your calendar, especially the earlier than the day, the better in the morning, and time block your outbound, call your prospecting, mm. and just honor it like anything else. Honor it like an appointment to yourself. Um, you would never miss it. Um, so that's what I do every day. Um, and I think three is 
I associate with people that I want to be at that success, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a buddy of mine, he's like the top rep of my company. We kind of toggle back and forth between the tops. And I always make, once a month, we always connect and chat for half an hour and just soak up the positivity, soak up the mindset, soak up his goals. And it helps, it influences me. Yeah. So um, those are three things that I do. So find the top person, your team, your company, and connect with them. If not, say, hey, I want to connect with you for a, a virtual meal or I'll send you a gift card, whatever it is. And that'll be the best investment you can have for 30 minutes every time, every month. And they'll be honored to that and they'll, they'll be gold for you. And apply what they tell you to do. Obviously, that's important too. Yeah. No, I love it. I think that's great advice. Um, and Ian, where can people connect with you at? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think the quickest, easy way is just to go on to LinkedIn. Um, Ian Eggard, I'm there. A lot of my information is going on there. Um, I'll also share with you um, top 20%. You can just Google that or go into Apple Podcast, top 20%. That's a sales podcast. And Grind, um, Grind. I, I'll share the, the link with you. I can put it in the show notes. But Grind, there's a link to Grind in my uh, LinkedIn. And you can learn more about Grind from that point. Yeah, so those are the three places you can meet, connect with me. Cool. Well, everybody connect with Ian. Uh, he's going to have a, a lot of info for you. I'm excited. I'm going to subscribe to the podcast and start listening to it. Um, so subscribe to the podcast. If you're in SaaS, go check out Grind. Uh, connect with Ian on LinkedIn. I'm sure he's active on there. And Ian, thanks so much for being a great guest, dude. Thank you, man. Last minute tip of uh, words of wisdom. Yeah, of course. The more you learn, the more you earn. Love it, dude. We'll end on that. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Thank you.